0: As you're looking for that, I'm reminded of, a, of a, an analogy I gave you years ago. You're going to have to do something in the topic I'm going to cover, and you're going to have to be persistent. That's your clue first. And I'll say, well, how can I explain persistence? Now, some of you single men may not understand this very well, but if you've been married, or you've been in a relationship, and uh, you'll understand it a little better. Women, you're going to understand this one real good. Um, you're getting ready to go out, okay, on a very fancy place, and, and you, you go in there, and everybody's going to be slick. You know, they're going to be nice gowns, right? So you wouldn't got your hair done. You'd be looking fine. The guy's ready. He's getting, he's getting dressed, and you're ready. But as you're getting ready, you realize that you can't find your makeup bag. I mean, and all your makeup's gone. And you only have a few minutes to get ready. Now, you don't did everything else. But, and the husband really don't trip. Oh, come on, come on. Let's, don't worry about your makeup. Just don't worry about it. Let's go. Let's go. We're we'll going we'll be late. And you know, shut up, man. I got to find my makeup. Right, ladies? So I ain't going out. I ain't going out. If I go out there, I'll scare me. No, I'm just kidding. So I ain't gonna. I gotta find my makeup bag, right, ladies? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So, but it's there. It's, it's crunch time, and you can't find. But you, how hard, how hard are you gonna look for that bag? Come on, give me some adjectives. I mean, you're gonna say, "Well, hold up, Jack. I'm gonna find my makeup bag." And if and if your husband laughs at you, what are you gonna do? You're gonna knock him out, right? You can say, "Well, you're easy, dude." And I'm I'm a purveyor of I understand I I'm, I always tell everybody if the barn needs to be painted paint it we ain't tripping uh, we, we understand you know I'm with you I'm with you vo are you with me oh yeah I ain't going nowhere right so but you're gonna have you what you're gonna look for that makeup bag right you're gonna look and you're going and you will look until you what until you find that baby or you ain't going out right. So I ain't going out to no fancy place without no makeup. And the guy's tripping like, what's, what's wrong, man? You know, if your guy's slick, you go, you look beautiful without your makeup. Yeah, well, see, I, I'll let you in on a secret right there. Yeah, come on. Praise the Lord. You can pray for forgiveness after. Luke chapter 18. Let's read there. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Now, that's very important. We should always pray, and what? The implication is there is that there are going to be obstacles in the way of your life. Not necessarily your prayer life, but of life in general. And so, we have to be a people who not only pray, but I think even more important than that is never give up. Because if you pray and you act like you're holy, but you give up, then what good was your prayer? Who were you praying to? Right? So I really believe without that quantity of don't give up, your prayer is useless. Well, he said there in verse 2, In a certain town there was a judge who never, neither feared God nor cared about men. See, now you see a person who has brought two areas in, a per- in their life, which is very essential to our walk, together. Not only did she ask, but she kept asking. And kept asking. And kept asking. And kept asking. And so even a wicked man, he said he didn't care about God. or man, This man was wicked. He goes, man, I got to give this lady what she wants. How much more will God... Give you what you want when you come to him continually and never give up. Well, how do you give up? This is how you give up. You pray, you pray, you pray, and you don't don't get what you want. Then a trial hits you, and you give up. What do you do? You go get high. Well, oh, pobrecito. Huh? I have a term for that. My wife said I shouldn't use that term, but it's my favorite term where people will give up, right? they go get high because the trouble's coming or they go and they leave the Lord. I have a term for that. You guys want to hear it? You know my term. That's a punk. Yeah. That's what that is. Like we have never had no trial. Oh, everything's perfect in the world. And so you run and hide. Run and hide and you allow some kind of organic, creation, become your master. It's your daddy now. So when you go home, make sure you say, hey, daddy, I'm back. <laughs> See, many times people come and say to me, pastor, why is it that I just cannot seem to get through to my, in my prayers to God? Why aren't I being as effective as I could in my prayer life? Most of the time, it's because you give up. You just give up. Hmm? See, if some never receive an answer for God, because maybe they haven't prayed That's a different. But the Word teaches us that, that we have not because we ask not. So there it implies that you will have if you ask. Well, I asked once, you know, um, five years ago, and He never gave it to me. I asked one time. I even, you know, I even got really heavy and I asked twice. I never got what I wanted. And so I just gave up. I gave up, and and, you know, and I left the home. I mean, my 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 homeboy in the home. We grabbed hands and we skipped out of the house. I've seen it uh, holding hands in the spirit. They're they're skipping out like. like, Well, See, see, John said, until now. You have nothing, or you have, you have asked nothing in my name, right? Ask, and you will sleep now if you ask it in my name. I go, well, it's heavy. See, there's a problem, and I see two basic problems when people prayer. See, people have spiritual barriers in their life that cut off God's power. And they say, well, I prayed, I prayed, but how come it's not happening? Because there's a barrier in your life that's cut off the power. It's like you plugged into an outlet and it doesn't work. Why? Because the breaker is off. Oh, yeah. It looks like an (sniffs) outlet. Smells like an outlet. But when I plug it in, nothing happens because there's no power there. So you can look like a Christian. Right? You can walk like a duck. Whack, 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 whack. Right? You can act like a Christian. But if there's no power there, I don't know. I don't think you're a Christian. Because every Christian has to have power. Yeah. If we say, like we always say, you know, I, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have power. But if you say you're a Christian and there's no power, well, you're like an outlet with no wires hooked to it. See, there's a barrier. Right? A, a spiritual circuit breaker, if you will. And other people, they have things that, 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 that they're getting through to An extent, but they're not able to push it to the limit, you know. And they're like, they're like Oh, yeah, God spoke to me, and oh, and He, and he blessed me. What do you give me? Oh, and, and He gave me a car. I go, That's all you want is a car. I mean, you have the creator of the heaven and earth, and all you wanted was a car. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you, you don't need God to get a car. Like, I always say, What you need a job, you don't need God. Go get a job. You can go buy a car. Go right down to the Ford dealer. you get a car. And you'll get one. You don't need God. So why are you praying to God? God, give me a car. You don't need God to give you a car. You need a job. See, when we, are, we come to God, we should be pushing for greater things. Things that matter. huh? Things that change the world. Things that change your circumstance. Oh God, can I have a, a, new, a new comforter for my bed? Better go to J.C. <laughs> so I want to remind us: that there's there's areas that will establish our prayer lives. See, pro, there's a lot of problem areas in our life, and and I really believe because many don't realize that, that they have sin in their heart. Yeah, well, see, Psalm sixty-six 6, eighteen said, "If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, my Lord would not have listened." What? That's a problem area. Or some even come to a point where we're where, where, where most believe or most regard wickedness or th- let me say it like this most do not believe they regard wickedness what does that mean regard well we'll talk about that a little later psalm 68 also said in this way if i regard wickedness in my heart regard wickedness regard could have many words substituted for it you ever you know you write a letter kind regards you ever do that on the bottom of the letter? I regard. So another word for regard is cherish. You can read that scripture. If I cherish wickedness in my heart. Another one is fondle. If I fondle. Or tolerate. Or foster. See, it gives a picture of a person, person having wickedness against God. Why? there's no attempt to get rid of sin... Or maybe there is an attempt, but they right go back. It. So they, are, they have a kind regard for wickedness. I mean, how else can a, a believer who says they love the Lord and want to serve him and talk to Pastor Pastor, I love you, I got your back. And the next moment they go do other things. Because they, have, they don't believe that they regard sin. Oh, it's getting quiet. They're all, wow, happy new year. Oh, don't worry, I'll make you feel better later. See, this attempt not to get rid of sin, I'll use a campus because I always do the campus. It's like living on the campus and trying to sneak out at night and smoke some crack. Not that anybody would do that. But see, you regard wickedness. You like wickedness. Oh, wickedness, how are you? Mm -hmm. They coddle it. They tolerate it. They accept it. See, in these, you can pray all you want but it cuts you loose. And if you get a hold of God somehow through repentance, because you still regard it, because God knows later on you're going to do it again, it holds them back. Uh-uh. I ain't giving you what you asked for. I can't trust you. It'd be like giving uh, my, my grandbaby my, 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 my soon-to-get 380. Right? I just have a friend who owns the Magnum, the commercial, Magnum shooting range, right? And he let me come in there and we're going to shoot. Ta-da-da! pa pa da Da-da-da-da! But I wouldn't get that 380 or, or maybe a 9mm and give it to Karistula. See, God answering your prayer would be like giving Karistula, my 9-year-old, my a 9mm. Just like I wouldn't give it to her, God won't answer your prayer. You're not ready for it. You still may regard it. You may still do it. We don't know. That's for you to find out. See, that's why we're starting this new year with prayer. Amen. I'm going to show you how to pray your way out of this. Psalms 59, 1 and 2 reads like this. I mean, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. I sure, surely I, the Lord, rather, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So this verse says God wants to answer our prayers. But sometimes he can't. You see, and I really believe that if we're going to start this year right, and I know we're all going to ask God for something along the way because we're Christians, well, then we need to start right. Amen. Amen. I said last time, no more backsliding. Did that last a week? And then we want God to do something great in our lives. Right. <laughs> How? So now we got to get out of this. If you want really God to do something great, you have to begin to, to deal with Areas so that there are no breakers. There are no things blocking it. So that God can open up the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing that he wants to pour out in your life. Or he will not answer your prayer. Not even worse, he will not even hear you talking. Could you imagine living in 2008 with you praying to God and him never hearing you? That's a scary feeling. That's like Samson who knew not the Lord had left him. See, I know this. No matter how bad I may have been, and I've been bad at times, huh? but when I want to get right and I want God to answer my prayers, I have to first pray for a change in my character. I can't begin to ask for anything if I'm all messed up. You ain't got enough time in the day to ask for what you need. You need to focus in on you. So before I ask God, God, arrange, rearrange my life. Oh, God, give me a wife. Because some people are all stuck on the wrong things. You need to say, God, rearrange my life. Yes. Get me focused. Stop getting off sidetrack. Hello, somebody. Because when the pastor comes, you bro, sister, you should be careful. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, I, I got this together. Mm-hmm. I asked God in between a smoke and a drink. Yeah, you asked God. God didn't hear you. He didn't hear one word you said in the last month and a half, two months, three months, if you've been acting like that. He ain't heard Jack. This is all you. Well, I'm starting to preach now. Huh? Why? Because we have to get right, church. I want to fill this place up. I want to fill this place up with people who want to change. I don't want to bring people here who want to change and see people who are not changing. Are you kidding me? God, hold up, Jack. We've got to change here first before you start bringing people in. Because when they come in, I want them to see people who are the for real deal. I don't want them to see you sneaking around at night somewhere. Hey, doesn't that brother go to uh, Victor Archie, Colorado Springs? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I saw him with pastors the other day. No, I don't want that to happen. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. No, we have to get right so that when the people come in, they're in the right place. Yes. Yes. Now, listen, most pastors don't preach like this on the first year, first day of the year. No, they preach other things. But I know what's going to keep you. My, my, my value is this. I want you to stay saved. Yes. I want you to, to be right. I want you to make it to the end. Yes. I don't want anybody who hears my word to end up in hell. I don't. Huh? So I gotta change, God, change my character, rearrange me. All successful prayer begins with confession of any known sin in your life. And the moment we confess, the moment we we confess sin to God, we open up the channel for God to begin to work in us and through us. Now God says, That's my son. That's my daughter. I knew you were going to mess up, but it's okay because you're confessing it. Now watch me work in your life. Watch me do something in your life. That's how we do it here in Victory Outreach. We're not perfect. Maria. I said no perfect people allowed. So I expect you to sin every now and then. But when it becomes every weekend, hello somebody, something's wrong. Hmm? We're not perfect. You got to confess it and stop it. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man, a righteous person has great powerful, great power and wonderful results. Confess, confess. Now listen, be careful who you confess to. Don't confess to the wrong person. You confess to the wrong person, you, you could have just put an article in the Gazette and everybody could hear about it. You know what I'm talking about? Some people need to be delivered of, of gossip, but that's another message. But you have to find someone you can trust, and you need to confess it. you know, hold hold confidence, right? See, he teaches us, James teaches us that the prayer of a righteous person, a person who's been made right by the cleansing action of confessed sin, has great power and is effective. And don't try to divert God's attention. Well, what about him, God, and what about her, God? No, 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 we're not talking about it. What the, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to me. Because I am. Uh, see, prayer begins with confession. The second thing I understand is, m- when I'm going to pray and have a relationship with God, it depends upon my relationship with other people. I cannot have a relationship with God if I have bad relationship with people. God will say, wait a minute, you want what? Or oh, excuse me, excuse me? Aren't you in the flesh with that sister? Or aren't you complaining about that brother? And you're asking me for what? If I was God, I'd go, say what? <laughs> you better go back and take care of the people that you're mad at. You better go back and take the people you don't like. Because if you don't do that, don't come talk to me. It's not that he doesn't want you to talk to you. He can't hear you. So, what do you think this pastor says? You got to make it right. You got to make it right. You got to get along. You have to go. Why? Because none of your prayers are any good unless they're right. More so if you're married. That's even harder when you're married because you're always mad at each other especially when you're newly married. Hello, somebody. I know. I've been newly married. I've been married a while now, so we got over that stuff. But in the early years, the first few few years, you know what I'm talking about, those Hiroshima years where you're throwing a neutron neutron bomb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Your mama. Oh, yeah. Your mama. And I'm talking about marriages. Hello, somebody. And then often you come to church. Oh, God, listen to my prayer. Uh, Change my husband. And God says, say what? I don't even hear you. I can't hear you. Go fix your relationship before you come back and talk to me. Oh. See, an unforgiving spirit, that's basically what it is. See, Matthew, in the book of Matthew, Peter was, was, was tripping because, you know, Peter was re- 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 very uh, presumptuous. He would, he would get in fight. Remember, he was the guy who had the knife and cut the guy's ear off. Yeah, you know, he was about the loco, Right? And he was like perplexed. He goes, Lord, how often shall, I, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him in verse 22 of Matthew 18, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times a day. Oh, but that brother, oh, but that sister, you don't know. I don't have to know, God knows. How many times? Seven times seven. That's 490 times a day. So who's got under your skin? Maybe 10 times? Well, you still own 480. <laughs> and then we want to go pray to God. Oh, God. Oh, and holy God. Can you, can you hear my prayer, oh, God, and do this? And by the way, I don't like this, brother. Well now I'm not just preaching right now I'm meddling huh <laughs> See Hebrew law says so the man says so a man has to has to forgive seventy times 70 times uh, but he's saying 490 times 490 times Jesus is trying to teach Peter that forgiveness is not a matter of mathematics Cuz that's impossible at 490 times Forgiveness is not about mathematics. Forgiveness is an issue of the heart. Right. And if your heart is not right, how then can God hear your prayer? Right. So what happens, this is what I'm going to get back to earlier. When we regard wickedness, in other words, we think that this is okay. I give you my kind regards. You have a right to be mad. You have a right to be envious. You have a right to be jealous. That sister shouldn't have done that. And you, you have, I regard it. It's kind regard. You give it your kind regard. God said, no, 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 no. no. You're regarding wickedness. You've got to get that out of you. If you want me to have a relationship with you, if you want me to hear your prayers, you've got to get that out of you. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. See, me, I want to, I do this in the year, but why? Because I want God to bless me all year long. Amen. Amen. And I know how. That, I, I do this, this is what I'm talking about, I do this every year. This is what i got to deal with. This is who I gotta forgive. This is what I gotta do. This is how I gotta do it. Why? Because I want God to hear my prayer. Does anybody want God to hear their prayer? Huh? See, he's trying to teach Peter that a forgiving spirit is not an act, but it's an attitude. It's a spirit and it's a lifestyle. Oh, but that brother did too much for me. You see how he looked at me? Why me? Who cares how he looks at you? Matthew gives the instructions here. He says, chapter 5, verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Now notice this. It doesn't say "And you notice that you did something wrong. It never says that. Very interesting. He said, if you remember that your brother has something against you. So in other words, it, it may not even be you. I just mind my own business. Wow. I know my heart, God. I, I have nothing against him. That's not what he asked. He said, you, if you remember that your brother has something against you over here, go back there, take care of it, and then bring it to the altar. So if you don't do that. 2018 will just be another year of you being the same. That's all it will be. Repeat. Deja vu. Huh? What's that, that movie? 39 dates? You want to have the date over and over and over? That's all it is. It's, it's what you, what they have against you, not that you did anything. So if they have something, you say, hey, if somebody has something against you, go reconcile. So we have to go the extra mile to make it right. Well, I'll say sorry if they say sorry. That, that's not—that's a bad attitude. So now we're not looking at who's right, who's wrong. Here, I'm not, I don't really—I don't care who's right and wrong. You know what I care? I care that your prayers are answered. I care that you have a connection with God, because God will fix it if you have a connection. See, a, a forgiving spirit has has two great benefits. A forgiving spirit makes your prayer more effective. When you pray, you, you don't got to be there four or five hours. When you have a forgiving spirit, you get right to the point with God. Boom. He's right there with you. Why? Because you have a forgiving spirit and you're seeking forgiveness. Hmm? It makes your prayer life more effective. It also makes your heart a little lighter. You know, No heaviness. You ever, you ever walk around when you, you, you know and you just don't feel good and you, you have this heaviness on you. Something's wrong. I know, man. See, when you have a forgiving spirit, you don't walk around that heaviness. You can look everybody in the eye and say, how you doing, man? Hey, praise the Lord. And the one who is mad at you gets even more mad at you because you're happy and they're not. You can't do nothing. All you can do is try to forgive them, try to work with them. Don't carry that in your heart. That way your prayer life through 2018 will be great. Huh? See, it's impossible to have an effective prayer life without forgiveness. Huh? Or worse, with unforgiveness. Prayer cannot bypass disagreements and problems in your relationship. Let me say that again prayer cannot bypass disagreements and problems in your relationship. In other words, they have to be removed for your prayer to be effective. Right? Prayer lives in a spirit of forgiveness. So once I've done with that, Right? I am walk around like that, I oh, go, God, now I'm ready. I'm dealing with my character. I'm trying to make it right with everybody. Even though I may not have done wrong, I just make sure we, we have a good relationship, go out of my way, buy them a taco, do something, come on. We're good, we're good, we're good. let's go. Right? now, I, Here's the third problem people have when they pray. They pray for the wrong things. Like I said earlier, you know, you're asking God for, for cars and, and a house. You don't need... Like so, said, you don't need God for that. You need a job, a career, and a down payment. Right? God is bigger than that. That's just life. We can, we can all do that on our own. You know that. Right? No, no. So we ask and we do not, do not receive because we ask wrong. See, wrong requests come from an unsurrendered will. James 4.3 reads like this. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And there it is. If all you're praying for is something to make you happy, that's not what God's here for. He's not a genie. He's not an Aladdin's lamp. Huh? No, we've got to get past that. And start praying for things that really matter, but that really are important. See, when our motive is wrong, the outcome is wrong or it's not good for us. Because hmm? I know people with some very genuine prayer or time, in, or they spend genuine time in their prayer life. I know that. They spend time, but their motives are not pure. And because their motives are not pure, things don't turn out the way they expect. It doesn't, it doesn't work the way they want it. Why? Because they're asking for the wrong things. I'm going to use this as an example. With, without exception, even though they say it, one way, they don't mean it the other. Single people. They say, oh, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not looking for a man. I'm not looking for a woman. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> right? And so they're praying and they're asking God for those things. Which is not what you should be asking God for. Huh? That'll happen. Seek first a husband or wife and all things will be added unto you? No, no. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. But without the like holy, or not me, I'm married to God. Yeah, right. Until the first person gives you a little twinkle. And all of a sudden the guy goes, Oh God. She looked at me, right? Wrong motives. Now listen, understand this. God wants you married. Your pastor wants you married. But if you marry the wrong one, don't come crying to me. Don't you dare. I don't want to hear it. Maybe Sam will listen to you. I won't. Why? Because you need, to, you, you need to pray for the right things. The things that God is concerned about. And let that other stuff take care of itself. Then you let God take care of it. Uh-oh. Somebody get, I told you I'm not just preaching. Now, I'm meddling right now, huh? huh? See, when we say in Jesus' name... What does that mean? Because we say, oh go God, I want a wife. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Because I, I know there's power. There's power in the name of Jesus. Right? Listen. When we say in Jesus' name, that means we're praying for what Jesus wants. So if you come, I'm, uh, I'm here over uh, any company and, and I told you to go there, Right? And you go, yeah, Pastor Al sent me to to Lowe's or whatever. And I'm here to pick up a product. And who are you coming? I'm coming in Pastor Al's name. Why? And you're using my name because you're going for something that I want. So when you say, I pray this in Jesus' name, you better hope Jesus wants that. Because if not, you you might as well damn his name. Because you're misrepresenting God. You can't go in Jesus' name. You can only go in Jesus' name when you're praying for something that Jesus wants. He's not a credit card. Well, come to Victor Archer, we have the Jesus' name credit card. Take this name anywhere and you can get anything you want. Yes, sir. for 19 you will have, this is the Jesus' name card. Are you kidding me? Mm-mm. See, when you use that name, you pray for what he wants. See, basically we're saying, Lord, we pray this in your name because we really don't know how to pray. We have to pray for what Jesus, what does Jesus want? Don't say, what would Jesus do? What does Jesus want? See, when you begin to do that, all of a sudden your prayer life starts to shrink a little bit. It's like, wait a minute. Because for this this whole time I've been praying for what I want and and praying for things. and, And I need to really figure out what God wants for me. What does God want to do in me? How does God want me to change? God, and then all of a sudden your prayer life changes, and then you begin to ask for the things that really matter, and then you begin, you get what you're asking for. You have not because you ask amiss. Now, the good thing is if if you pray for, like we talked earlier, character. God, give me better character, right? And, And you pray for these things. Guess what? Your character will be recognized by people. And if you need a job, guess what? You'll find a job. Not because you pay for the job, because people see your character. We go, Whoa, wait a minute, this is a man a character. He's a man of integrity. I'm going to hire him. Matter of fact, he's such got so much character, so much integrity. I'm going to give him a raise because I don't want nobody to take this guy. Because you've been praying for the right things. Hmm. Amen. Then you add, God, you know, save souls, save souls. Hey, I can I could see Jesus and and have. Hey, hey did Gabriel, you hear that? Did you hear that? That brother said, praying for souls. He did? Where's he at? Okay. Get him a better paying job. Why? Because he wants to save souls. And if he's going to save souls, that means he's going to tithe, he's going to give offerings, and he's going to give pledges. Because now he's praying for souls. We say, hook him up. Yes, well. And then you get hooked up. No, well, we don't do that. We say, God, give me more money. God, do this. God, do that. We're all praying the wrong things. And when you don't get it, you go get your hustle on well, if you ain't gonna get it to me, I'll go ask the devil. Cause I'm gonna get it. I need it. I know I will sell marijuana, it's legal. I need money. And then you're praying for the wrong things. And then you want God to bless you. So I want God to bless you. God wants to bless you more than you can imagine. No eye has seen, no ear has heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. That's what I want. So i got to pray appropriately. i got to start focusing in on my prayer. Since God is working on our character and unforgiveness, we must ask God, sift through my character and unforgiveness, deal with my sin and wrong priorities, step over my desires and meet the need according to your will. And believe me, when you begin to do that, God's going to bless your socks off. You're going to walk into church barefooted. What happened? God's been blessing my socks off. (laughs) Huh? He is. I've seen it. I'm living it. I see it. And the last thing you have to understand, when you're praying, whatever you're praying for, it doesn't just affect you. When God sees you and hears your prayer, he doesn't look, oh, Amy, you want this? No, no, no. When Amy prays, guess what? Because where she's at now, when she prays, God says, well, how is that going to affect the women's home? No, I'm sorry, Amy. That'll miss the women's home. up. Why? Because when I pray, now he begins to not just look at you. He looks at everything around you. Everything. Because whatever affects you is going to affect whoever you affect. So God can't just look at the individual. He begins to look at everything. So when I pray, I go, God, okay, if I pray and you answer this prayer, how would it affect everything? So when I pray, I got, guess what? I have to pray with you in mind. I don't get to pray for just me anymore. I can't. So when I pray, I think about you and you and you and you and you. And, you, and also, guess what? My prayer, my, my wants and everything desires, you go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, I'll focus it on that. Why? Because I, I, I can't afford to hurt you. You're always on my mind. I can't get you off of my mind. Day in and day out, I see your faces and I'm praying. God bless them. Keep them. Help them to stop backsliding. Talk to them, Lord. Raise them up. Teach them. Let them hear what I'm trying to teach. Let them grow. Let them prosper. That's my prayer. It doesn't change. That's all I want. That's all that makes me happy. See, when God sees me, He also sees the crowd. Your prayer must never disregard people. Psalms 33, 13 reads like this. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the heart of all, who considers everything they do. That's a good scripture. Let me read it again. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the heart of all, who considers everything they do. A disregard for others makes our prayer life non-effective. That's a very interesting verse. See, our prayer life may just not be effective enough or could be more effective or maybe it's not effective, say it that way, because we just pray a little selfishly. We're just thinking about us. Or let's get more broader. Maybe you're a, a husband or wife and you're just, thinking, you're just praying about your family. And not considering anybody else. Does anybody else matter? Hmm? So God has four answers to prayers. I've shared this before. It's very simple. Really, basically four answers to prayers. If the request is wrong, he says, nope. No. If the timing is wrong, he says, slow. If you're wrong, he says, grow. And if the, the, the request is right, then he says, go. So you got to fit yourself in where you're at. Do you need to grow? Hmm? Are you wrong? Is it no? Not the right timing? That's the hard one. Because it may just be the thing that God wants for you, but not now. But God, you told me you were going to give me this, and you told me this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm going to preach, and I'm going to do this. You said, God, yes, I did say, but not now. Slow. Easy, Bubba. Slow down. See, sometimes what you want may not be good for everybody else. Hmm? See, God may not give you the answer you think you need. That's the other thing. And this is the answer you need. But I do know this. No matter what he gives you, all things work together for good. All things. How many things? Not something, not 10 things, not 20 things. This is way beyond forgiveness. Not 490 things a day. No, all things. Work together for good for those who are called, who love God first, and are called according to His purposes. See, now that's the trick. We love God. We say we love God. Now we have to be sure that we are called according to His purposes. See, if we're called according to His purposes, then you have that carte blanche. All things will work out for you. But if you're not called according to His purpose and you're just doing your own thing, guess what? You're on your own. That's when you start picking up the Jesus' name card. Because you're hoping anything works. Huh? But if you're called, you love God, everything will work out. Somehow, some way, God works it out. Amen. Amen. And I've been doing this a long time, and God has never failed me. Not one time. He has, he's always come through. Somehow, some way, He's come through. And when God comes through, you know it's God. They're like, are you kidding me? I did not share this? I shared this Wednesday. I'm going to share this again. My daughter, she called me. She just got a job. They just moved from Southern California to Northern California. They moved in with the founder. They moved in with Pastor Sonny, my daughter and her son-in-law. They're in training. Spooky. I go, spooky, right? So she's there, and she, they had no money, no nothing. They came by faith. He's full-time. Full-time means no paycheck, right? He's full-time working there like a Hebrew slave, like the rest of us. That's how we do it in Vicki Anyway, he's there just working. And then they, they gave my, my daughter about a month ago the green line. Go get a job. That way he can stay full time. But you need a good job. She says, my daughter loves to work. Da, 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 da. So she gets a job. Gets a job at Facebook. The only problem, she has to drive from Morgan Hill to Fremont. That's, that's like an hour drive. And that's, that's not the only problem. The biggest problem in that is she has no car. No car. And so that's a commute, One problem. Second problem is no car. The third problem is she has no money. Fourth problem is your daddy has no money. <laughs> and then we're saying, man, Lord, what's going to happen here? So she says, Dad, I see the car. I go, what car? She goes, she named it. it was Altima, 2008 Altima. They want 4,700. I go, oh, 4,700 might as well be a million. <laughs> I go, call them up. All right. see, if, see if, Just call them up and find out if they work a deal. She called him up, said, no, dad, they won't work no deal. Okay, well, just keep praying. Keep praying. You need this. You're doing ministry, right? You're saving souls, right? Keep praying. Watch. God's going to do something. I thought I said God's going to do something. I don't know. what. God's going to do something. Okay. She called me about the next day. Dad, that person I talked to, yeah, they called me. They did. And they want to meet. I go, they want to meet with you? So now I'm getting happy. I go, yeah, God's moving now. Uh huh. -hmm." And I go, should I meet with them? I go, oh. I go, well, yeah. I go, meet with them and go get blessed. Then I tell my wife, she goes, we don't even know that person. Maybe they're a killer or something. She has a strange look in her face. I go, Deborah. <laughs> so I go, Deborah, they'll be fine. Right? I checked them out on Facebook. No, I didn't check them out. Anyway, I go, yeah, go meet with them and get blessed. All right. She goes down there. And the guy said after the story, she says, you know, when I hung up from you, the Lord told me to give you the car. Amen. Now, wait a minute. That, you know how men are like, wait a minute, analytical? That does not compute. That does not compute. That doesn't, right? Men are analytical and they'll talk themselves right out of the blessing. And she goes, so I asked my wife, her name, I didn't know her name was, his name was Ray. I don't know her Anyway, I asked my wife, I go, look, I talked with this, this girl on the phone. And the Lord told me to give her the car that we're going to sell for $4,700 to give her the car. And, the, and as soon as he told her that, the wife says, do it. The Lord spoke to me, give her the car. So now that story came out when my, wa- my daughter walked in there saying what's going to happen. And they told her that story. Well, like a, any woman would do, she began to tear up and cry. Hmm? Because when God does something, it blows your mind. She goes, you don't know me. You know, you're strangers. And they said, the Lord spoke to us. They go to church. He goes, then we got off and we went online and we looked up Victory Outreach. We looked up Victory Outreach in San Jose where you are. And we found out what you did. We've seen the work that you're doing for the Lord. And the Lord told us to give you this car. And that's how God does it. We do the other things and things will start happening. Miraculous things that will blow your mind. See, this is my... I see... If you can understand this principle, you may be here, but when you get to the business level and you start making money, real money, not this chump change money, start making money, and all of a sudden, God's gonna say, This guy's faithful, wants to say, So, I'm gonna start giving him contracts for 100 grand, 200 grand, 4.8 million, 2.2 million. I'm gonna start throwing them at them. Why? Because these guys are serious about my business, and things will begin to happen. You're gonna walk in a room like, Huh? How'd that happen? Why? Because when you are seeking God and His will, God begins to take care of business on your behalf. You don't have to walk in in Jesus' name because you are Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But it starts here. If you're faithful over little, then I will put you over much. I have to convince you, unfortunately, to be faithful over little. That's what I'm trying to do, is to teach you a a principle that will take you all over the world. Let's close. See, if all your prayers were answered, now here's the the last thing, because not all your prayers are going to get answered. If all your prayers were answered, you, not God, would be in control of everything. Could you imagine if everything you asked for, it happened? You'd be like that one movie. Oh, what's that guy? Jim Carrey, he played God, and everything he got, he had to answer everybody's prayer. Remember that movie? At first, I didn't want to see that. I go, that's not religious. But when I seen it, it was kind of true. I go, that's pretty heavy. That's a good movie. Because he thought he was going to be God. He was trying to answer everybody's prayer. Then he was on a typewriter, prayer, trying to answer everybody's prayer. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. I really believe God wants to give you stuff wants to do things in your life, but it just says no, so that you would grow. And most of us don't like that word. No, don't be cussing at me. No, no, don't, don't say that. God spoke to me. She's for me, Lord. She's for me. No. Oh no, no, don't don't, 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 no. All I can do is be the pastor. I can be the, I'm the coach, you know? Hey, better, better, better. Come on, coach. Okay. Hey, I'll make the moves, all right? But you got to hit the ball. You got to catch. You got to make that throw to first base, right? Hopefully, your first base is there. can just make the stretch. Bah! You got to play on the field. All I can do is coach you. Huh? See, we can't disregard God's sovereignty. And through that sovereignty of the order, He brings down to earth, we can't disregard that. See, our prayers are ineffective when we, we do not understand that God's sovereign. God is not some puppet and that we should pull his string when we need something. And God will not, will never immediately answer your prayers according to your whims and whimpers. No. We're kind of like this Scottish woman who traveled down the wrong world and she was selling her products going from town to town. And when she would come to a fork in the road, in her mind she knew where she wanted to go, but this was her habit. She would get a stick and she'd throw it up in the air. And whichever way that stick landed, she would go. Right? She'd go that way. Well, one day she threw a stick at the crossword and it fell, but it fell the way that she didn't like. So she picked it up again and threw it. And it fell the wrong way again. And then she kept picking it up until it fell the way she wanted, then she walked down that path. Well, she knew that, and one guy was looking at her, go, well, why'd you do it like that? Hey, well, for the first few times, I didn't want to go that way, so I just kept throwing until I got my answer. Sometimes people just keep throwing it until you get what you want. Hey, if you want your answer, just do it the first time. Just do it the first time. Why, 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 why would you fool yourself and look for, some, for somebody to co-sign you? Just do it. You're going to do it anyway. Don't try to make it holy because it's not. Not after this sermon. Amen? So we want what we want. And we often pray God. We pray, oh God, or someone else agrees. But we have to get rid of that mindset. So God, and we have to admit we want what we want. So God, you know what? I, I often regard wickedness in my heart. You've got to help me with that. God, there's an area that I'm struggling with. You've got to remove that. And really, Lord, until those things are under control, don't give me anything. Deal with this. I want to I last. I, I don't want to be a, a casualty. I, I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be somebody someone talks about when I make a big mistake. Can you just deal with these right now? And when, when we get this kind of right, because I know when all of do are right, but when I get this kind of right, then let me move on to the next one. And then after I get that right, let me move on to the next one. That kind of makes common sense, but it doesn't happen fast enough. It takes a little time. But uh, I'll let you know, God has all the time in the world. So in 2018, Let's be a people who know how to pray, that pray. But I think I, I, I can brag about my daughter, but let's be like that. Let's do things and trust God and allow God to do a miracle. Allow God to do something special in your life so you could talk about that special thing the rest of your life. Because listen, that's an anchor for her. She's 30 now. She will never forget that. And she will be 60 years old one day preaching and say, you know, one time when I first was in ministry, I trusted God enough that he did this for me. That's a beautiful experience that we all, that God has that experience similar, just like that for all of us. So that we can one day say, you know, one day I was in the home and I began to pray and God came through and he did a miracle. And that'll last the rest of your life. I have prayers like that. My wife couldn't walk, and she was healed. And we prayed. It didn't happen the first time we prayed and prayed and prayed till finally she was healed. We, I had to turn in my handicap license plate. It wasn't mine, it was hers. we had to turn it in. I lost a good parking space. But God healed her. Huh? Well, yeah. We have great things like we say, God, man, not, this could not have happened unless God answered the prayer. And I believe everybody has their story. If you don't have it now, it's coming. If we learn how to seek them with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. I want everybody to bow in the red closed.